Hello everyone, my name is Sydney. And I'm Rudy. And uh, we want to welcome you to our new podcast called What's the Plan? Um, We're both students at USF. Uh, We're currently taking our senior capstone class. Um, It's essentially just a class that compiles all that we've learned in our communication courses to apply it to our life and even our possible careers post-graduation. For our final project for it, we were asked to apply these skills and the lessons that we've learned in our major to a global issue. Uh, This could be anything from a research paper, event, or a product, as long as it demonstrates that we can understand and can express our communication skills to the real world. As we're sure you can tell by listening so far, uh, we chose to create an informative podcast together. We both really enjoy being creative and thought that tackling this project in this route would challenge us to translate our education to an audience that could really benefit from and use this info for themselves. We started research for our topic using globalgoals.org, a site that discusses issues that impact the world such as poverty, hunger, and education. It not only provides facts and context about global challenges, but encourages visitors to share information from their site and organizational partners to promote action towards these issues. What makes this site a great resource for our project is how it promotes inclusivity. The issues discussed are felt worldwide and the actions made towards them could be as simple as sharing a post to joining a partner organization. According to globalgoals.org, one of the top five global goal issues is gender equality, which is why we decided to put our focus on universal access to reproductive health and rights. The point of this issue is to achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. We want to express how important clinics such as Planned Parenthood are and show that they offer so much more than just abortion services. These clinics provide essential care and reproductive care for so many people. For the podcast, we have three episodes planned, including this premiere, to discuss the benefits of access to reproductive health and services. Our goal is to inform and empower an audience of younger people who would benefit from this, because lack of access affects them in particular. This episode serves as our introduction to ourselves, the project, and some basic information about access and services. Future episodes will discuss the importance of services such as Planned Parenthood and the serious health risks people face without access to them. We'll discuss more specifics about our next episode at the end of this one. We want this podcast to be a quick listen, enough to listen and digest to on a drive to work or walk outside. Keeping it succinct and informative makes it approachable for people who know or even don't know us to give it a listen without it looking like a chore to listen to. So with the launch of this episode, we're also going to be launching a GoFundMe campaign associated with our project to make a donation to our local Planned Parenthood organization. We just really want to make as much of an impact as we can with our project and our podcast and would love for our listeners to donate if the info we discuss helps them too. If you're able to, a donation of any size is very much appreciated. It adds up and it really makes a difference. We'll be having the GoFundMe link in our show notes and posted on our social medias as well. The campaign will conclude the first week of December as this is when we're going to submit our whole project. So I think one of the best places to kind of like really start is to kind of talk about what Planned Parenthood offers like as a whole. Um, So if you guys did not know, Planned Parenthood was actually founded by three very strong and powerful women. Uh, They were Margaret Sanger, Fannie Midwell, and Ethel Byrne, and it began in 1916. Um, Just to go ahead and put it clear across the board, uh, regardless of religious or political views, yes, they do perform abortions. This is very much 
well known. And this is also why we wanted to create this podcast. So that way people could learn about the services that they actually offer outside of this. Um, the important fact of this is they perform safe and very legal abortions. This is one of the safest options for women if they do plan to terminate or if something happens within the pregnancy where it might have to be ended early. Um, outside of that, there are so many other things that they offer. Uh, for instance, they have so many different types of birth control options. Um, they also give out the morning after pill. Um, they also have general healthcare practices, uh, such as flu shots, employment and school physicals. Um, they can give rape crisis counseling, um, and they even do things such as thyroid testing, um, to keep going, HIV services, LGBTQ services, such as hormone therapy, um, for those who don't even think it's just for women. Um, also men can go there. Uh, they do men's health, such as testicular cancer screenings, uh, pregnancy testing and services, STD treatments and testing, and there's even a new telehealth option because of COVID-19. Uh, for those who don't have the safety or the pleasure of going outside of their home, you can even book an appointment online to speak to a doctor or practitioner that way. Now, of course, all of these services do vary uh, based on location. So I think the easiest way, um, which is very easy to read on their website, is just to visit the Planned Parenthood website. And you can even type in your zip code or what type of appointment you're looking for based on your needs. And it can show you the closest option and the easiest option to do with or without insurance. Okay, so obviously that was just a very, very, very short introduction onto everything that Planned Parenthood does offer. I just wanted to give like the most general kind of overview because I think what really sucks is uh, their name in media tends to very much get twisted in that they only offer abortion services and that they're just murderers and all these things. And like I said, regardless of your religious or political views, um, at the end of the day, they are really providing amazing services for men, women, however you identify anything like that. They offer great services, whether you have insurance or you don't have insurance. Um, I just thought I would take this portion of the podcast to kind of tell you a little bit about my own reproductive health journey. For those of you who are listening who might not know us, um, yes, we are partners in this class together, but we also happen to be partners in life together as well <laughs> yeah we are uh we're actually dating um <laughs> we've been together for about four well four years in january yeah coming up so obviously he's been a huge part in my my own like sexual health and my reproductive health he's been along my long journey of getting into being an adult and kind of figuring out my body to be honest i mean i know we kind of go through puberty as teenagers but I joke that I feel like uh, since I've hit 21 that my body continues to change and I'm learning more about her and it's been quite a process, but I figure if anything, um, I'll kind of actually go back a little bit further. Um, I personally started birth control when I was about 13 or 14 years old. I think I was just going into high school. Um, at the time, I was not sexually active. It was definitely just out of... Um, kind of just needing it for my overall health because as some of you may or may not know that birth control is used for so many different options. It's not just used to prevent pregnancy. Um, it can be used for so many different types of uh, health issues. And when I was first starting my own menstrual cycle, it was very, very off. Um, it was almost like it was the opposite of a menstrual cycle. I was kind of bleeding 
continuously throughout the month. And then I would have this free week period and it was just really rough on my body. And I think my mom kind of got to the point where she was like, all right, we need to take you to the doctor. And (laughs) there was nothing really medically wrong with me other than, yes, I was going through puberty and my body apparently hated me (laughs) or my ovaries (laughs) hated me. So I did start the pill. Um, like I said, when I was 13 or 14, took that, you know, all the way up until I, we kind of had the conversation. We started dating in Mm -hmm. 2017 and, you know, the pill had been fine for me. I had really had no problems, no issues with it. Um, probably I would say what, it was about six months into us dating. Um, yeah, give or take. Yeah. We were starting to get pretty serious at that point and, you know, we knew that we were kind of committing for a longer haul and I wanted to look in something that was a little bit more effective because, um, and this also I'm pulling straight from Planned Parenthood's website, uh, the birth control pill itself, when you do take it, how it is supposed to be every single day at the same time, um, is 91% effective. And, uh, the birth control method that I was looking into was the birth control implant, um, which most of them are known as Nexplanon. Um, it is a very low maintenance type of birth control. They literally just insert this little rod into your arm. It only has one type of hormone in it rather than some, well, at least the pill that I was on had two different hormones in it. Um, I liked it that it was just, they advertise it as a set it and forget it type of thing. And mm-hmm. I knew it was good for three to four years, depending on the brand. So I knew that I was covered for quite a long time. Uh, so yeah, about six months in, did my research. I decided that I was going to actually go to Planned Parenthood to have it inserted. Um, And like I said, I did my research a little bit beforehand, read some reviews, read a lot of testimonials. They have some great information on the website. You can even take a quiz kind of depending on if you're new to birth control or just looking to change your method. Um, You can kind of click on some lifestyle options and it will tell you or suggest a good option for you. And the implant was actually one that came up for mine. So I booked my appointment, um, did, like I said, did my background research, went in, and all of the care nurses were so nice, um, very attentive. They wanted to make sure that I 100% knew that what I was signing up for, um, gave me a lot of informational packets, even asked me if I wanted to take it home, review it first before really going through with it. But I pretty much decided that this is what I wanted to do. So we basically just got ready for insertion. They just make the little mark, they measure it on your arm and numb you up. And it's literally, I think our consultation took longer than the actual insertion of the birth control, but they gave me aftercare plans, even called me a couple days later to make sure everything was going okay. Like really went above and beyond. It was really easy to do. And like I said, it was just kind of like a set it and forget it. So the first couple months went really good. Um, I would say when you read reviews about the implant, sometimes there is some possibility that you have some spotting that might happen. Maybe like skipping a period, not having a period. Um, that was one of the biggest turnouts for me is that I possibly just wouldn't have a period for a couple of years. And it was very, very effective in, you know, avoiding pregnancy, which is, you know, a huge discussion we even still have to today that, you know, we want to be as safe as we can. So I would say what, maybe about six or so months went by. I didn't really have too many issues, too many symptoms. Um, just some few obvious things. Like I had some like hormonal breakouts, gained a little weight. (laughs) I would say it was probably like about nine months in or so that I really started to notice some changes with my body. 
and I was having some very irregular bleeding that was not normal. So when it started to happen, obviously I was concerned. I was actually with you when it first started to happen and we both were kind of concerned. I was trying to decide like, should I go to the hospital? Like, you know, this was things that were kind of concerning, not in a great way, kind of just wrote it off. <laughs> it's kind of lived my life for the next couple of days and then it started happening even more. Um, and at this time, you and I were actually kind of long distance. You were already living at USF, uh, going to school, and I wasn't yet. Um, I was still living back in our hometown, which is about an hour and a half away, roughly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we saw each other all the time, and uh, you were starting to grow really concerned about how negatively almost this was impacting my body. So I ended up making an appointment again, uh, went back to the same Planned Parenthood, let them know what I was experiencing because I also, through my secondary research, went back and there wasn't a lot of people that were experiencing some of the same things that I was experiencing. Um, these people were having these issues early on into their, uh, into the, right after they got their things, uh, their implant put in, um, whereas I was having these issues much later. Um, so I just couldn't find anything comparable. So went back to Pam Parenthood, of course, same team, awesome, so nice, get me in. And of course, they're concerned about my reproductive health in general. I started, just wanted to rule out any possible infections, anything like that. Um, I trusted them. I let them do what they needed to do. They contacted me a few days later, let me know that everything came back clean. Um, we are all clear on that. Um, even ended up doing some like different ultrasound screenings just to make sure that my ovaries were healthy. Basically, ultimately, like at the end of all of this, nothing medically was really wrong with me. And I just had a really serious conversation with the gynecologist there. And she recommended two routes. Um, either I could continue on this path with the next one on and just kind of ride out this very irregular, you know, obviously now not detrimental type of bleeding um, and just see how it worked or it could just be simply removed. And they just kind of talked me through the process of what would happen and just said that they could try another form of birth control. And it was nice because it didn't feel like such a taboo topic. It was very easy to ask questions and I didn't feel dumb about the questions I was uh, asking and I got very genuine answers. And so ultimately, I just decided that maybe the implant was not for me, um, and I decided to just go back to the pill. And it was a very easy transition. Again, they contacted me after a couple days after the clinic just to make sure I was doing okay. Um, it was just such a positive experience, and I still personally use them as my choice when it comes to like womanly exams, such as like Pap smears, our yearlies, and things such as that, because. It's just been the most reliable that I've been able to find. And like I said, I've had such a positive experience that there's no reason why I wouldn't go back. So to just kind of wrap that thought up, I guess, um, since obviously you went through the whole thing with me and you've continued to go through my whole reproductive health journey and still, and just to kind of like put it out there too, he's, he's so supportive, always has been behind my back on any decisions that I make. So obviously at the end of the day, I know you always say that it's my body and it's my choice, but from an outsider's perspective, like what would you think about the whole situation? Um, first, thanks for the, thanks for the props. I'll always, <laughs> I'll always take any opportunity to be gassed up. Um, 
But yeah, the whole thing for me has always been your body, your choice, any decision that you've been thinking about towards that. I've always been open to it. I've wanted to hear what you've researched, you've done. Um, I always trust your instincts on stuff. But as far as my perspective, kind of like from an outsider's view, um, it's a great resource for young people. Like you said, it does more than just abortions. It's checkups, procedures, this and that. And even though the implant personally didn't work for you, you still had the option. It was extremely easy to get it removed. They gave you all this info, kind of tried to explain more so why it didn't work out for you, and you still left with a positive experience from it. Well, thank you. I genuinely appreciate your thoughts and some of it, shoot, I didn't even know. But I think uh, this is actually going to wrap us up for today. Um, We basically just wanted to use this first episode. I know it's probably a lot of me rambling, but we just wanted to use this first one to kind of give just the overall uh, view of what we plan on doing with this project, with our whole initiative on kind of taking this global issue and using it more locally within our community. Like we said earlier, there will be a link with our GoFundMe campaign to donate towards our local uh, Planned Parenthood, which happens to be the Planned Parenthood of Southwest and Central Florida. It'll just be one big group donation. We really appreciate anything that you can do. Going forward for this next episode, we actually plan to have a special guest to be able to interview her and her take on the whole topic. So we'd like to say a thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone. Have a good one.